Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Behind the Springs. I'm Jen Schrader, and if you listen regularly to this podcast, you've heard our discussions and reaction to the death of George Floyd, the protests that followed across the country um, and here at home, along with some local ideas and some actions. If you don't listen regularly, then you've tuned in just in time to hear about a result of local protests, and that is the formation of the Law Enforcement Transparency and Accountability Commission. Um, So thank you for listening, and I'm excited to have two guests with me today who are really going to explain a little bit more about this commission and what it means for our community. Um, Janice J.J. Frazier, who is the Law Enforcement Transparency and Accountability Commission Chair, and then Vice Chair Steve Kern. Thank you both for being with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. And Steve, let me start with um, with you, and I want um, both of you to take a turn. Can you give us a little background um, on yourself and your community involvement and how you came to be vice chair on the commission? Sure. So I'm a public school teacher. I retired after 34 years of teaching most of that at Palmer High School, downtown Colorado Springs, a school that my own kids went to, in fact. And so I've lived in the Springs uh, in District 5 uh, for about 30 years or so now. And at Palmer, I taught a course that was called Theory of Knowledge that asked, how do we know what we know? And we considered questions like the influence of bias on decision making. We asked, when do you have enough evidence about something to act? And questions like, when does knowing something about a situation incur a a moral obligation uh, to do something? From that perspective, I think unlike many commission members, um, I see myself as more of a process guy, uh, more of a question asker and a facilitator. Uh, If you look through the the biographies of our commission members, you'll see people with extraordinary amounts of experience, um, community activism, to engagement with and backgrounds in policing and law enforcement, including academic research in those areas, but that's not me. I, I think I come at this as more of a blank slate, somebody who's interested in, in a healthy, thriving community where we've got trust in our civic institutions, where people feel like there's a level playing field and where we know and appreciate our neighbors. And so a, a couple of years ago, uh, I asked my uh, council member, Jill Gabler, when I was retiring, I sat down with her at Rico's uh, downtown and just said, what kinds of things do you think I should be interested in in our city? And she gave me this extraordinarily long list of all sorts of things that I that bet. Could, yeah, that, that could stand some attention. And she said, wow, it's such a huge playground, uh, but we're glad to have you. Um, and you know, keep your eye out for, for things that will be inspiring and encouraging. Uh, and so, since that time, I have I've done a, a handful of things, uh, but I think it was this summer, for a lot of us, I think this has been true. I think it was this summer, looking both at things locally and nationally, it made me realize that life 
is lived in your neighborhood. It's lived in your on your block. It's lived in your street. And that we all have an obligation, not just to be paying attention to the headlines, but to get out of our houses, down from our porches, uh, and engage uh, with our neighbors in ways that are constructive, healthy, uh, and so on. So when I heard about this opportunity, like a lot of people, uh, very concerned about what was going on, it seemed to me like here would be a great place to bring the, the skill sets and the interests that I have. And so here I am. Oh, we're so happy to have you. That's wonderful. And JJ, tell us a little bit about your background and um, you know how you came to be commission chair. Um, my background includes 40 years in public education. Um, I provided uh, administrative support to six superintendents of schools just in Colorado Springs School District 11 alone and one chief executive officer in the Detroit public schools. I'm also a former business owner in Colorado Springs. I've been in the city for more than 40 years off and on. Uh, currently, I serve as the chair of the board of directors for the urbanites leading the Pikes Peak region. We're a local nonprofit serving the socioeconomically disadvantaged. Um, how I became involved or very interested in the, if I may refer to the Law Enforcement Transparency and Accountability Commission as the LEAD then that'll save us some time. <laughs> some breath, um, yes. <laughs> yes, I first became involved <clears throat> or interested in being involved in the lead tech when, um, of course, when the George Floyd incident occurred, but also when Elijah McClain was killed in Denver, um, Devon Bailey was killed here in Colorado Springs, Ahmaud Aubrey was killed in Georgia, and this just started to fester in my heart. I have one son, I have six grandsons, I have one daughter, I have two granddaughters. And I started to really, really reflect on, are they safe when they leave the house? What can transpire that would uh, put them in jeopardy or put their safety in jeopardy? So that's why I felt compelled to apply to this commission, I'm glad that I did. Steve and I both were nominated and uh, appointed vice chair and chair of the lead tech at um, one of our meetings. And of course, we're interim right now until December 31st, and then we will uh, revisit um, this structure again, but we both are enjoying this work. It's a lot of work. We work very well together and we're looking forward to doing great things with this commission. The work oh, That's is wonderful. Me. Interim or not, we're lucky to have you both taking the helm. I really appreciate your time. And um, I want to get um, a little bit in depth about um, the commission. So Janice, maybe you can start by telling us the mission of this group of community members and and a little bit of the makeup how many of um how many folks comprise the commission mm -hmm. our commission is comprised of 13 members two of which are um um alternates, two of which are alternates, and 11 members, uh, a very, very uniquely talented 
uh, group of people. Um, our mission, City Council Ordinance number 2044, created the Law Enforcement Transparency and Accountability Commission to advise and recommend areas and topics of study related to police operations, best practices, and resource allocation, and also to solicit public input and to promote improved relationships between our citizens and the police department. With that in mind, the mission of the LETAC is to make recommendations to city council, which would promote improved understanding and relationships between the police department and our community. Okay, great. And Steve, tell us a little bit about how often you all meet. I know that's virtually right now. Um, and then some of the initial goals, if there if there are any set at this time. Right, so at this point, uh, we're meeting twice a month on the first and third Mondays for two hours. Uh, but it's important to recognize that given our task, uh, we're just getting started. So I realized that from many people's perspective in the community, this has been a desire, some degree of greater citizen engagement, influence over law enforcement for many, many months, in fact, for years. Uh, and so you go through this lengthy process where council finally decides they're going to appoint a commission. They've got to make decisions about uh, what will be the charter, what will be the scope of the commission's work. Then they get 800 applicants early in the summer. It takes them months, of course, uh, to sort through those applicants. Uh, then we form, uh, but we form in the midst of COVID. We also form in the midst of um, open meeting laws uh, in Colorado, which are very, very clear about how many of us can be together without providing um, notice to the public, keeping an agenda minutes and so on. Uh, and given all of that, I think it has been a slow, but I would say steady start. So we're still in the process of identifying um, some of those larger goals that we have that would fit underneath the, the framework. However, I can be specific about a few things that we've already um, taken on, and JJ will, will no doubt uh, want to amplify and elaborate on this. But just at our meeting uh, last night, uh, Monday the 16th, we received uh, an extensive presentation from the chief of police, this from the city's chief financial officer uh, about the police department's budget. We were especially interested in areas like police training, uh, about the goal of adding 10 additional sworn officers, and about how the budget may have been impacted by the deaths of Devon Bailey, the others uh, that JJ has mentioned. Uh, we're also very curious about the use of force study uh, that the department is just now uh, beginning to engage in. They've not yet selected a vendor uh, who will be involved in that study. Uh, and we're interested in their efforts to improve their own website to allow for greater transparency. And you might wonder, well, that's an interesting, big, massive thing to get involved in right away. Yep. Uh, do you feel like trying yes, to it is. You know, swallow a whole cow rather than <laughs> just a nicely grilled steak? However, given the calendar, the city council is involved right now in examining the budget. And it just seemed like to not 
at least learn a little bit about it in our early days would be an abrogation of responsibility. So that's one of the things that we're starting with, but we still have yet to enumerate uh, a list of goals and to begin to prioritize them. So as I said, early days is the is the phrase for the moment. Right, but you're jumping right in. And and I and I do want to ask a question too that um you know you've definitely um pointed out some of the things you're already working on. Um but there might be people out there who would say I'm not sure if this commission will really accomplish anything. Um maybe it's just some kind of token response. Um can you respond to that JJ? What would you say to folks who take that that viewpoint. I can simply say that is not true. It is not true. The LEADTAC has, as I stated previously, 13 uniquely talented individuals. Steve even covered the areas of expertise that they uh, possess. Um, all of us are genuinely passionate about working on improving relationships between law enforcement and our community. But as Steve stated before, we are still a work in progress. We have met only four times since October 5th. We, I can add to what Steve had said, we are also working on a communication strategy, both internally and externally on how we will receive and respond to our community's concerns. Um, we're also exploring creative ways that due to COVID, um, I'll give you an example, um, the community academies that the Colorado Springs Police Department has in place for not only us as members, but for the community to come on board. They invite us to come in and to educate ourselves on police operations, policies, procedures. And as Chief Niski was with us last night, he he welcomed the opportunity to come and speak to us. And that's what I call building relationships. So as we um, um, move forward in this process, I'm hoping that not only us as members will participate in these academies, in these forums to bond that our community will also take advantage of these opportunities to learn more about the police department. Because once we build relationships, and this is JJ talking, once we build relationships, I think that in the event that some of these unfortunate things occur in our community, we'll be able to come together instead of be combative toward one another. Right. Instead of having it tear us apart. Right. Yes. And having to start all over again. And those academies you mentioned, great point. Um, and those are those have been going on for a while now. But you're right to bring more attention to the fact that they're happening and that community members are welcome to mm -hmm. go participate in things like that. I mean, of course, you know, we'll have to wait until the pandemic is over to do some of the in person. Um, but that's really valuable to get in there and really see what's happening. And I know Chief Niski has said that's one of their goals is to be better about transparency and letting people know what it is that they do and don't do. Yes. Um, so that's going to be important, too. So I think um, if I could add, yes. add just a little bit to that, um, I think this question of whether the commission will accomplish anything or not, I think it's a reasonable question to ask. Uh, I know that there is 
debate, not just here in the Springs, but around the country about what kind of civilian citizen engagement in policing there should be. And some people have argued for, and some jurisdictions already have, very strong civilian oversight of some kind. Um, others uh, have a more advisory relationship. In the end, we're not an oversight committee. Council was very, very clear that they wanted uh, us to advise. And so in the end, I'm confident that we will advise. I know we will have recommendations. I know that these recommendations will be based on developing the good, solid kinds of relationships that JJ was describing. I'm confident of that. What happens to those recommendations, that's actually a question for council mm -hmm. and for the mayor and ultimately for the police department itself and for our community as a whole. Um, but I'm very encouraged by a couple of different things. One, when the council set this charter up, they didn't say, hey, 12 people, come together for 12 months, write a 50-page report, give it to us, and bless and release, goodbye. It wasn't like that at all. Instead, three-year terms staggered for us initially so that we don't have this mass exodus after three years, but without an obvious or definite sunset date. So this isn't uh, an endeavor that anybody recognizes or believes is just going to be temporary. That's encouraging. The other thing that's encouraging to me is when the commission was appointed, even before we met, a number of us started calling each other and emailing each other. And one of my first calls actually was to, to JJ because I thought actually I might know her. She was listed as Janice Frazier, but then I read her bio and I was like, oh, D11, that's my stomping ground. I bet I do, I bet I know her. And sure enough, true, but I knew her as JJ, which of course everybody does um, now at this point. And as I had those phone calls with other commission members, regardless of what their, I don't want to use the word side, but let's say regardless of what their background was, I see a group of people who are very curious, who are very open-minded, who want to learn, um, and who are coming at this with fresh eyes. Not that their past experience doesn't mean something to them, it does. Not that they don't feel a sense of urgency to represent the voices uh, that are right behind them, they do. But I don't really see a group of people who've decided to come together simply to, you know, do nothing more than vent their particular frustrations, share a few ideas, write a report or two, uh, and then say, great, you know, I did my civic duty for this year. I see a group of people really willing, able, interested in, in digging in. And if we can do our homework well, and if we can engage both the community and law enforcement, the city council and so on, I'm confident that we'll develop some recommendations that will be well thought out and that we'll have a very good chance of being adopted. So you start with what you're given. And city council's view here is that we want advice, we want recommendations. And so that's where we're starting. But I don't think that that's where it will stop. That's a great starting point, I think for sure. And that gives people, I think, a lot of promise, a lot of confidence of what's to come from the commission. Uh, my last question would be, um, JJ, I don't know if you could answer this, but there is a lot of information I know about LeTAC on our website. So coloradosprings.gov slash LeTAC, L-E-T-A-C. 
if people want to get more information. Is that the best way for the public to stay informed of your progress? You mentioned you're in the process of that communication strategy. Right. At this point, I'd say yes, um, because at our website or on our web page, the information on how our community can tap into our meetings, whether via um, telephone access, and I'd be happy to give you that uh, access line with the access code or via computer access. We have a link that they can join the meeting um, uh, they can use to join the meeting as well. But I would say uh, they would they could go to our web page and find our agendas for our okay. monthly meetings. Meetings they can find our minutes. They can find our mission. They can find our goals. They can find even um, the officers who are appointed and the terms uh, that they are elected to. So. To me, our webpage right now is the best information available for them other than attending the meetings. Okay, that would be great just so folks can stay involved and up to date um, because it sounds like there's a lot of more information coming yes. um, very soon for people to to know about. So um, I just want to thank you both for giving this this introduction to us and I'm excited to hear more soon because I don't, I don't, like like Steve said, I think this is just the beginning, right? And once you dig in, it'll be really interesting to see where that leads, what kind of relationships are formed. Hopefully some trust is built. Um, and like you said, that's in place for when it's needed most. Yes. Um, I'd like to even uh, point out that the city, the mayor's office, the city human resources office, and city council, and the Colorado Springs Police Department have been very generous in allowing their staff to help us and provide very needed resources for us as we move uh, forward in this process. And I know Steve agrees with me that um, I just like to send some shout outs to um, Amanda Terrell Orr, Hugh Velasquez, Michael Montgomery, uh, Emily Evans, Sam Friedman, Danielle Somerville, Jamie Favell, Tom Florzak, they have all been very helpful. Did I miss anyone, Steve? <laughs> yeah, you, no doubt you did. Yeah, no I'm, I'm you glad did. there are so many. I'm I'm yeah. happy to hear our city employees are helping you out. That's yes. good. Yes, they are. Okay, good. Well, thank you. And I just, I wish you both the best of luck and I really appreciate your insight. And I hope that you'll agree to come back and give us updates as you, as you go through this process and go through your first term. Absolutely. Thank okay. you. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening and for watching. And we want to encourage you to also follow COS City Council and City of COS on social media. Those are also great places where you can get information on LeTAC. Um, as, and as always, thank you for listening to Behind the Springs.